0: Welcome to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. Enjoy today's message. May you experience the presence of our Father, and may you grow deeper in your relationship with Him. Sure, yeah, Um, it's a blessing to share the word this morning. Um, it's, a, it's amazing to see our things slowly getting back to normal to some extent children are able to do sports and we are able to go and watch that's amazing we were at a school this last uh, just recently the, uh, with Abigail's athletics and I told Abby the last time I was there um, David was playing rugby there and we weren't allowed on the property so there was an open field, it's a farm, like in a farm area. So there was this big open field next to it, and we found a gate, and there was a whole bunch of dads driving over this open field and parking next to the, next to the fence. <laughs> Obviously no distancing happening there. But then uh, cheering there from the other side of the fence. Um, but this time we were allowed on the property, amen? And uh, Abby and I had a record, because we were there for, I think it was six hours that's what happens when you uh, have a couple of events. So uh, uh, She was in the first bunch, the first few events, and she was also in the middle and also at the end. So praise the Lord. I've had enough of athletics for a bit, but it's amazing that uh, we can be a part of that. Um, yeah, it's a privilege to share the word. I want to start, actually, let's pray briefly for the word and then let's read. Hallelujah, Father, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you for your presence right here. And we humbly come, God. We are so aware of our fallibility. We are so aware, Lord, of how little we are without you, Lord. So we humbly come, Holy Spirit, and we open our hearts. and We yield ourselves to you, God. Thank you that you are our teacher. Thank you that you lead us into your truth. And we open our hearts this morning that you would establish your kingdom in us and through us this morning, Lord. And that your will will flourish and prosper in this place in our midst, in the name of Jesus. And that your name will be lifted up, God, in our midst, above this place, above this area, above our city. Let your name be lifted up in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let's read from Ephesians chapter 2, from verse 1. Um, Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins... You used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers of the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. But God, so rich in mercy... And He loved is so rich in mercy and He loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, He gave us life. When He raised Christ from the dead, it is only by God's grace that you have been saved. For He raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with Him in the heavenly, pla- in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. Such a powerful couple of verses bringing us back to the right, to, you know, Paul right to the Ephesians and said, this is where you were at before you met Christ. This is where you were at. This this is the way you used to live. But God. And this is what I'm talking about this morning, this but God and narrative. And all of us here have, have, have stories like that. I mean, all of us have, have a story of this is where I was at. This is... What was happening in my life? But God. And then you fill in the blanks. And it's, so, it's actually so powerful for us to reflect on that and to remember that. What is our but God story? What is that story um, of not only how we came to salvation, but different testimonies. And that's also what's so cool when people come and share those stories. To say, this was the situation, but God. God intervened. But God made a way, but God provided, but God protected. Um, so powerful, and, uh, and it's, it's so amazing to look throughout Scripture, we see this narrative. And even if you go and do a study, there's, there's such a bunch of amazing stories and encouraging situations, and there's so many, and I just want to wanna just touch on a few of them just to remind us that this is, this is who God is. This is just the way He is. He is the one that steps in, when everything is going pear shaped. He's the one that as we walk in his way and we, we follow him, when stuff seems to go very badly wrong, there is there is we can expect that but God moment. Amen. I was reading the testimony of a lady who um her and her husband believed in building the nation so they had I think they had eight, seven seven children. Uh, five boys, two girls, and obviously there was a blessing. They were following God, enjoying life. And then this crazy thing happened one night. Her husband passed away very unexpectedly. He was 40-something, and now she was sitting with the youngest was four at the time, seven children. And all of her testimony is about this, is about this happened, but God was still faithful. And God's goodness and faithfulness is still with him. And it's so amazing how, how, the, how she just narrates how through very difficult things, she can complete, almost, always testify that there was always a but God. There was always a, he remained faithful and he's, he's with him. Um, and I want to just, let's just touch on a couple of scriptures from, 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 um, just kind of the narrative of scriptures to highlight one or two where we see this happening. Let's go to Noah, Genesis seven, just very briefly. So Noah obeys the Lord, and he builds this massive ship, and you know the story. They, it starts to rain. The, the, him, you know they have to take all the animals inside. Everything happens according to plan. God closes. The, b- the door and it rains, and apparently uh it stopped raining after forty days and forty nights um and then i I must admit I think <laughs> it must have been rough because I, there must have been moments where they thought we're not going to make it. This is crazy, and the, obviously the world's never seen anything like that, and we'll never ever see anything like that again. But it must have been a hectic time. So at the end of chapter 7, we see that only Noah was left and those who were with him in the ark. And the waters prevailed on the earth 150 days. But God remembered Noah and all the beasts and all the livestock that were with him in the ark. And God made a wind blow over the earth and the waters subsided. The fountains of the deep and the windows of the heavens were closed. The rain from heaven was restrained and the waters receded from the earth continually. So there must have been moments where they were convinced God has forgotten about us, this rain is going nowhere, the water is just staying here, it's 150 days, it's, it's quite some time, make, what is it, five months or something. And they must have thought, okay, this, this is not looking good. And then there's the but God moment. God, But God remembered Noah, and he made the rain subside, uh, stop. He made the, the, the waters subside. And, and they were able to start a new life. Then we go on to... Let's go on. Where's the next one? Let's go to Joseph. Uh, we, you know the story of Joseph. Yes, this is such, one of the most encouraging uh, accounts for me in Scripture. And right at the end of this crazy time where he's, you know, this, it's, a, it's a period of 13, 20 years where he was as sold into a, as a slave, then he was, you know, he was working as a slave. First he was going to be killed, then he was a slave, then he was uh, in, imprisoned, uh, wrongfully accused, and um, and then the Lord, you know, there's this major shift that happens and stuff become, starts to make sense. And then we see in Genesis 50, verse 19, he said, But Joseph, this is where he's he's now met again with his brothers. His brothers have recognized him, and they realize, This is the guy we tried to kill, and then we sold him as a slave. He's not going to be happy with us. But Joseph replies, and he replied, Don't be afraid of me. Am I God that I can punish you? You intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. But God, this may have been your intention, but God. Like um, Bonnie was saying, this, there, there will be weapons, weapons formed against us. Yes, there will be those seeking your destruction. and Yes, there will be circumstances that come against us, but they will not prosper. They will not complete their work. Amen? You intended to harm me, you intended it for evil, some translations say, but God intended it all for good. Let's go on, we see the psalmist Asaph, he writes in Psalm 73, he says, my flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. When we're at that point, maybe it's because I'm in my 40s now, but it's, I, I, I get this that my flesh may fail because I sometimes this I have aches and pains that I don't know where they come from. But in any case, somebody said that only happens after 40. Years. You wake up with some injury that you didn't have the the previous day, and nobody knows where it comes from. In any case, pray for me. But anyway, my flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. So He's, he's that's His declaration. He says, "Yes, my flesh and my, my you know my." My soul, my body may not make it, but God is my portion. He is my strength. Let's look at Jonah. Now, Jonah, he was running away from the Lord. He was running away from God's purpose. And such a powerful account of God in his great mercy. Right? This is the mercy of the Lord. For him to be thrown into the deep water, into the ocean... And then for him to be swallowed up uh, and spend three days and three nights inside this fish. Great opportunity to repent, right? To make right with the Lord. <laughs> when you. But Jonah does respond. He responds well and he repents. And then at one point, he, this is um, <clears throat> his, his thanksgiving to the Lord. He says, and th- I sank beneath the waves. And I, as I was reading this and I was going through this, I just realized often this, this is what we wrestle with. So many people these days are wrestling with not this physical sinking, but this, this heaviness, wrestling with mental illness, wrestling with, with um, weights and, and anxiety and stuff, weighing them down. Um, I sank beneath the waves, and the waters closed over me. Seaweed wrapped it, itself around my head. I sank down to the very roots of the mountains. I was imprisoned in the earth whose gates locked shut forever. But you, O Lord God, snatched me from the jaws of death. Another translation says, you pulled me up, you rescued me from the pit. Isn't that what the Lord did for each one of us? We were all heading towards destruction, but he rescued us from the pit. He delivered us from death. And then finally, let's look at David. He writes, Psalm 34, 18 to 22. He says, The Lord is near to the brokenhearted. He saves the crushed in spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. He keeps all his bones. Not one of them is broken. Affliction will slay the wicked, and those who hate the righteous will be condemned. The Lord redeems the life, of his servants, none of those who take refuge in him will be condemned. He's near to the brokenhearted. He saves the crushed in spirit. And this is a difficult scripture, verse 19. It says, many are the afflictions of the righteous. When the Lord saves us from, when we, you know, from our sin, when we are born again, we step into this path that God has prepared for us, but he does not say that everything will be okay. He doesn't say that we will not have difficulties. He doesn't say we are immune of the challenges of the realities of living in a fallen world. In fact, he, he says, and this is Jesus at one point says to his disciples, this is a given, this, this is something you cannot avoid. In this world you will have many tribulations. You will have tribulations. David says, guys, this is the reality. Even you know, the righteous, yes, we are righteous in Christ. We are righteous well, We are in right standing with God. This is what righteousness means. Is we are, we've come from a place where we were not right with God. Now we are right with Him. We have a right relationship with Him. Only through the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus has made us righteous. And now we are in right standing with God. We are in right relationship with Him. But he says, the righteous will have many afflictions. So this is not a very popular sermon topic, but this is the reality, and I'm sure all of us can testify that bad stuff happens to believers. Bad stuff happens to good people and also to believers. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. Jesus says, I, in this world, you will have tribulations, but... Be of good chances. But I have overcome the world. So he's saying, yes, it was going to happen. Yes, things are going to go wrong. But God delivers us of them all. I mean, He steps in. The reality and the challenge is, often it feels like he's not stepping in. Right? Often, especially when the middle of it, the big wave is still coming. You think, okay, Lord, now's a good time. Now's a good time. Now it's, it's getting close now. <laughs> this uh, deadline or this challenge or this whatever the crisis is. And often it, it feels like, no, God's not there. But he's always faithful. So the, his timing is not always what we hope it to be. His way of providing and his way of deliverance, his way of healing is, always, is not always what we, we kind of were hoping for. But it comes at the right time, and it comes in the right way. When the, I'm always reminded of those friends of Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that were facing the furnace, remember? This huge oven. <laughs> it was so hot that the guys, if the guys that were kind of managing it got too close, they just died. And the guys that chucked them in also died. So this is not, a, this is not fun, right? And I'm sure they must have had some ideas of how the Lord would deliver them. They must have had some plans. Maybe it was going to be a massive storm or maybe a tidal wave or maybe the angel would come and you know, just take them away. But it didn't happen. They were thrown into the fire. But God was with them in the fire, inside the furnace. So yes, it doesn't come the way we want. Yes, it may not come in the time we want or we think is needed. But God delivers us of them all. Amen? So this is this powerful narrative we see throughout history. We see it throughout the scriptures. And it continues and it continues in our lives. And I, but I want us to go back to Ephesians chapter 2 and look a little bit at the, of where we were at This is where we were, right? We were dead in our sin. That means that because of our sinful nature, because of this inherited sin that we have when we are born, we were already condemned to eternal death, even from the start. And uh, now that I had a good chat with somebody that wrestling through this thing of how is it possible and is it, is it really something that we are born with that doesn't seem fair? Is it something that happens when we start sinning? How, how do we, you know, and I was chatting to a friend about it, and he said, does this person have children? And I thought, that's, that's a good question, because this is a great um, demonstration of sinful nature, is uh, when you see a little child, might be the cutest thing ever, might even be a baby still, but then suddenly they do something and you think, nobody has taught this child this. They've thought of this themselves. <laughs> this is, this is the sinful nature coming through. We had, fri- we had friends back in uh, Malmesbury when we were starting a church there. And, uh, Anna and I weren't married yet. But um, there was this couple involved in that church plant. They had these be- beautiful two little boys. They must be grown up now. But the one, the three-year-old, he had this beautiful curly hair, and he was really just a beautiful little boy, so cute and everything. And I remember greeting him for the first, I don't know if it was the first time or another time, but I, said, I was saying hi, and he came and he wrapped his arms around my leg in a big hug. And I thought, yes, this is amazing. You know, one day I'm going to have children of my own. And then while I was in this moment of, this is such a cute boy, he bit me here. As Hard as he could, like literally, he gave me this nice hug and then went, he went in, you know. And I was like, What? And he obviously, same, his parents were very embarrassed, but uh, nobody taught him that. I promise you that. He's, I, I once they were playing, and his, his brother didn't have a shirt on, and he had these marks on his back. And I said, like, What are those marks? Did he fall? And I looked close and I said, No, they're teeth marks. His, his brother was running away, but he couldn't flee enough, quick enough, and there was teeth marks as his little brother was biting him from behind. In any case, <laughs> that's crazy stuff. That's the sinful nature, okay? We, we are born with this. We were dead in our sin. In fact, right from the start, we were already condemned to death because we were born in this sin. We were born of this nat- in this sinful nature. We were captive to the prince of the power of the air, in the sl- enslaved to the course of this world, which means that... The prince of the power of the air talks about Satan, talks about the one that is, that is, um, the, it's called the, he's called the ruler of this world because he has so much influence in this this world. And this is, this is, excuse me, against whom Jesus had to win the victory because, yes, he was in charge. He was in charge of everything. He's still called the ruler of this world. And, um, in our sinful nature, in the, the, standard, you know, the st- our standard situation, that is who we are enslaved to. We are captive to the prince of the power of the air. We are enslaved to the way things go in the world. Okay? We're following our sinful nature. And very importantly, we were subject to the wrath of God. In other words, we were subject to the anger of God. All of us, because of our sinful nature, absolutely by default, are subject to the anger of God and the and the wrath of God because of sin. Amen. But God, hallelujah. (laughs) Isn't it are you so relieved for that but God situation? Amen. Let's go one forward. But God made us alive in Christ. We were dead in our sin. We were already dead. We didn't have eternal life. We had some form of life physically that we did not have eternal life. But God made us alive in Christ. So as we come into relationship with Jesus, when we are born again, now we are no longer dead spiritually, we are alive spiritually. He's made us alive in Christ. We were captive to the, the prince of the power of the air, enslaved to the course of this world, but God raised us with Christ, made us sit with Him in heavenly places. He's taken us out of that place of being enslaved, to this system, enslaved to sin, enslaved to our sinful nature, following this course of, of the world, going with the, the stream, go, going with the, the flow, and He's taken us out of that, and He's turned us around. Did you see my U-turn sign there in the beginning? He's taken us in the other direction, amen? He's taken us out of this flow, out of the stream, out of the path of re- least resistance, and he's put us onto the path that he is destined for us. I love this. Uh, I, it's a while ago, I was meditating on this, and the other day I saw any somebody quoted any from Pastor Joburg he, he was saying that once you have chosen to follow Jesus, something that to that extent, or chosen to be a disciple of Jesus, you have chosen to, um, how did he put it? You've let go of the path of least resistance, something like that. Amen? That, that option is no longer available. <laughs> okay, sorry for bad news for somebody. When we are in Christ, the path of least resistance is no longer available. That option has is, is, is expired. He's taken us and He's raised us up with Christ. He's raised us from our spiritual death and He's put us in a place of authority. Amen? And then finally, instead of pouring out wrath, His wrath, instead of exp- you know us... Taking the brunt of our punishment, taking that punishment upon himself. Instead of that, he will spend eternity showing the immeasurable riches of his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. Through Christ Jesus, through his love, through his love, through the cross, he has delivered us from death. And instead of giving us what we deserve, he has given us life in Christ. Amen. And the way I'm, well, the reason why I'm going through a little bit of detail here, uh, it will become more clear at the end. Okay, so um, we see this powerful dynamic in Ephesians two. Where he explains this is this is where he this is the the reality of where you were at, and sometimes we forget that we forget that stuff. Okay, I'll get to that in a moment. But that is our testing. But that is where where God brought us from. Let's re- look at Romans five. Romans 5 from verse 6 For while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He demonstrates his love because that while we were still in a place of sinfulness, while we were still Enemies with God, opposing Him, rebelling against Him. We were not earning anything. We were not doing anything right. Okay. While we were in that state, Christ died for us. But God shows His love that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Amen. Ephesians two, um, and now he starts. He says, "Don't forget." And another translation says, remember. It says, don't forget that you Gentiles used to be outsiders. You were called, just let me just check here, any any Gentiles here this morning? Okay, all of us are Gentiles, unless you're Jewish, which is fine, it's not a problem, but uh, any non-Jews are called Gentiles, okay? Don't forget that you Gentiles used to be outsiders. You were called uncircumcised heathens by the Jews who were proud of their circumcision, even though it affected only their bodies and not their hearts. In those days, you were living apart from Christ. You were excluded from the citizenship among the people of Israel. We were excluded from the, the citizenship of the kingdom of heaven. Okay? And you did not know the covenant promises God had made to them. You lived in this world without God and without hope. We were without God and we were without hope. But now you have been united with Christ Jesus once you were far away from God. But now you have been brought near to him through the blood of Jesus. And But I like this thing. this says, don't forget this. Remember. And guys, I can tell you this. There, there, I've experienced this in my own life. When, when I'm living in a place where I'm so occupied with the here and the now, which is a good thing. Some extent, but you're so engrossed in stuff happening that you forget where God has brought you from. Especially when it comes to sharing the gospel with unbelievers, especially when it comes to reaching out to your neighbor or that colleague of yours that doesn't seem it's possible for him to be saved. It's so critical for us to remember where God has brought us from, to realize that, you know what, I was heading to the pit, but God delivered me. Amen. Sometimes when, we've been, maybe you've been a Christian for a bunch of years already, and you've forgotten what it was like to have no hope. We forget what it was like to, have, to be far from God. We forget what it was like to be dead in our sin, to be under, in that pit of despair, to be without hope To be, you fill in the blanks, but we forget. I feel so strongly in my heart this morning. God wants to say to us, do not forget. Remember where God has brought you from. Remember where you've come from. Not only that you can live with thanksgiving in your heart, not only that we can praise God daily for our salvation, but that we are able to reach out to those around us that are still in that place. Amen? I've found that when I, am con- I connect with where God has brought me from, again, when I remember, then I have a greater urgency in my heart to reach out to my neighbor because I, I can put myself in his shoes. I can remember what it was like to have no hope. I can remember what it was like to be bound, to be enslaved. I can remember what it was like to lie, to be stressed and worried and to have no hope. Amen. to what it was like that weapons are formed against you and they prosper, okay? <laughs> but he says, do not forget. This is where God has brought us from. I felt, um, you know, the, the Revelation, the book of Revelation told us that they overcame, the believers overcame the enemy by the word, by the blood, of, firstly by the blood of the Lamb, and by the word of their testimony. The blood of the Lamb, the power of the cross, but also by the word of their testimony. There was a time, guys, when I did not share my own testimony. There was a time when I was thinking, my testimony is not powerful. It's not any good. It's not going to do anybody good. So I, was, I thought, because I wasn't a drug dealer or a Satanist or something before I got born again, I, did, I wasn't like hectic into anything, and I, I didn't kill anybody, although I once, I once shot my, my sister with a bow and arrow. But it was, it was just, a grazed her leg, okay? So that wasn't clear, clearly not near, but the, the, the reality is, I thought for a long time, the enemy convinced me, you don't have a testimony, you were just like an average guy. Nobody's going to care about your testimony. And for a long time, I used to tell other people's stories. I used to say, I heard about this guy. He was a Satanist. He had this huge tattoo of a, of a you know, goat on his chest. And he was, got born again. And the moment he was, was baptized, as he come out of the, came out of the water, the tattoo was gone. Uh, And he was delivered, and it was amazing. I used to tell all these other people's stories until the Holy Spirit convicted me and says, where were you heading that was different from that guy? Did you have a different destination? And I realized that I was heading to the same place. And the same grace, the same power of Jesus, the same power of the cross delivered me from the pit. And I can share that because there there will be people that can relate to my story and there will be people that can relate to others. But I need to make... I need to remember where God has brought me from. And be bold in sharing that with others. Amen? Yes. So, there's a couple of things I feel we need to pray for as we, as we close. When I, when I was born again, there was a... I was, I was a people pleaser. I was trying to do all the right things. You know, I was trying to do everything correctly. So I was not a rebel, maybe just undercover rebel. You know? On the surface, I was this very nice guy. And you know, I was, I was you know, very anxious about stuff and anxious about pleasing everybody, anxious about trying to please God. I didn't know how. And um, anxious about where I was heading, etc. But the reality is, I was, I just said, I was heading to the pit. I mean, I was heading to eternal destruction. But God sent this guy. I've told this story before. Right? Many of you will know it. I was at that point head boy. I was decent with sport and academics and stuff. So I was relatively popular and doing stuff in school and active, being a people pleaser, obviously. And uh, God sent this guy. He had the thickest glasses I've ever seen. Okay? These, I can't think how he could see through them. He was not so, he was socially awkward. He was not engaged and you know he was like a little bit on the side always. He was a year below me even. But somehow the Lord gave him the guts and he came and invited me to a youth event. That was my that was the avenue God used for my butt guard. This most unlikely guy that didn't seem very full of faith, didn't seem very, uh, whatever you want to call it, on the surface, but he came and he invited me to this place. And that's the place, this youth event, where I was born again. So another thing that I felt in my heart this morning is that we need to trust God to be that but God avenue for somebody else. Amen? Most of us here have a story of somebody invited me, somebody prayed for me, somebody, God used somebody. And if it wasn't for those people, I wouldn't be here. Amen? My heart this morning is I'm trusting the Holy Spirit to stir inside of us not only the desire not to forget where it's brought us from, but also say, Lord, I want to be that avenue. Somebody else. I want to be the bad God, hands and feet, in somebody else's life. That And that guy, he didn't preach at me. He didn't give me the five steps to whatever. He just said, don't you want to come? And I said, yes. So it can be as simple as an invitation. It can be as simple as join us at small group. We have this cool thing we do on Wednesdays or whatever day you do small group. Don't you want to come? It can be as simple as we're having this encounter course Don't you want to come along? I'm going there. Come with me. We're having this church in this old building. (laughs) Don't you want to come? It can be as simple as that. Amen? So um, let's stand this morning. We're going to pray. Uh, I felt there's some of us here this morning that you can relate to some of that I said here because you are in a situation where you need an urgent, desperate, but God intervention. And I really feel I might not have the answer for you. I might not have a solution for you. But I know that He has. I know that He has made provision for you. I know that He has prepared something. And I know that even though the timing might feel wrong and it might feel like God is late, maybe He's two weeks late or two years late, but it feels like that to you. But I have a confidence in my heart that He will provide and He will make a way where there seems to be no way. Amen. If we make a, make a cue this morning and we let everybody share, every one of us here will have a story of, I was in that pit, or I was in, in this situation, or I was almost, you know, I was basically struck by lightning, and I, but God, amen? Um, or I was sick, but God. Or I was... And I want to just encourage us that God has already made a way for you, if you're finding yourself in that place. And specifically... If you're here this morning and you know you're far from God, you know that maybe you have been close to God, but right now you're not close to Him. Right now you know that you're not right with Him. Right now you know you're not hearing His voice. Right now you don't have a confidence in your heart that you are born again. You don't have a confidence anymore that you're a child of God. And I believe God wants to meet with you right there where you're at. Let's close our eyes. Hallelujah. Thank you for your word this morning, God. And thank you, Lord, for this invitation that you hold out to each one of us this morning. That you want to, you are stretching out your hand. As the good shepherd, Lord, you are stretching out your hand. As the good father, you are stretching out your hand towards your children. Those that are in the pit. Those that are heading for destruction. Those that are not yet have not yet entered into this place of being redeemed by the blood of Jesus. Those of us that are still on our way, but to this morning you are stretching out your hand and you are saying, My child, I love you so much that I've given my son in your place. He has taken your, your sin upon himself, he has already taken that punishment. And I believe he's inviting hearts this morning. Just come to Him. Those that are far off, those that feel far from God, those that know they're not right with Him. He's extending His hand towards you this morning. He's saying, my son, my daughter, I love you. Come to me. That coming to Him entails us repenting of our sin. It means that we acknowledge that we are sinners. It means that we acknowledge we cannot save ourselves. We acknowledge That we need a Savior. And it means that we put our faith in Jesus Christ. We put our faith in the provision that He has made through His Son. And we turn away from our old life and we follow. We choose to follow Him. While every eye is closed, if that is you this morning and you know, you know He's knocking on your door right now. You know He's stretching out His hand towards you. You know you want to answer Him right now this morning you want to follow Him, I'd love to pray with you. Even if you have been a Christian or even if you have made commitments to Him in the past, if you this morning know that you need to draw near to Him again, please would you raise your hand for a moment. I would love to pray with you. Is there anybody like that? Thanks so much. Thanks so much for those hands. I want to ask you to do something really bold. As part of you declaring, this is me. I want to draw near to God. Won't you please be bold and step out from where you are and come and stand in the front. I'd love to pray with you. This is not to to embarrass you or anything. This is just for you to say, Lord, here I am. This is me. I need you in my life. Amen. May I have some facilitators just to join us as well? pray for these precious people. So much for your boldness guys. we're going to pray together now. Um, I want you guys to just pray after me. we're just going to bring our hearts before God. Um, so yeah I'm just going to pray very briefly if you guys just can just loudly pray after me. everybody together, okay? Lord Jesus, thank you that you love me. Father God, today I confess I am a sinner. And I cannot save myself. Today, Lord, I choose to put my faith in you. I choose to put my faith and my trust in Jesus. Who died on the cross for my sin. I choose, I repent of my sin, Lord. And I turn away from my old life. I choose to follow you God as Lord and Savior. Whatever has separated me from you God thank you that you take it out of the way. That you give me a clean slate Lord. That you give me new life. Eternal life. I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, my Lord and my Savior, and that God has raised Him from the dead. And in the same way, I receive new life today. Thank you that I hear your voice, Lord, and that you never leave me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Shofar Christian Church. We believe that you enjoyed your time with us, establishing God's kingdom and His glory in your life. For more info, call us on 012-362-1363. Email us, Pretoria at ShofaOnline.org, browse our website, www.shofaonline.org, or like us on Facebook.com forward slash Chauffeur Pretoria.